Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I was a bit like anti-marriage. I was like, oh no, when you really? get married, life and you just have to do what they want and they try and put you push you down to be small and it's all over. But I think because Josh is like very much like you can fly, I was like, oh, I can be married and strive in my career. Wow, this is the best. Welcome everyone into Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Drea Renee, and I am so excited to be here with you as I have a special guest on today, Cassandra House the host of the podcast, Monetize Your Genius. She is amazing, you guys. If you're new, welcome in. I'm so excited to have you here. This is the place where the hot mess expresses, the black sheeps of love. Come and let your hair down, have no shame, and be who you really are. And if you're returning, I missed you, and we're going to have a great episode. All right, guys, I'm so excited to introduce Cassandra House. But before we jump into this beautiful person, make sure you hit that like, follow, and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our weekly episodes. And let's get into it, Cassandra. Thank you so much for coming on Open Late. Thank you for having me on your podcast, which you guys should definitely check out, Monetize Your Genius. How are you today? So good. So nice to see you, Dre Renee. I need to call you Lady Dre Renee, though, <laughs> because that's the real name. And I love I'm it. so good. I love that we've got this time together. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on. And my motivation for bringing you here was because. We talk about relationships on this podcast, and I know you've been married for a little while, and I really want to jump into the balancing act that goes into being a woman who has a career and also is maintaining a healthy marriage. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys met, how long you've been married, and then we'll jump into the nitty gritty of the hustle and bustle of work and balancing your marriage. Oh, amazing. Thank you. So I am Australian, my husband's Californian, but we met in the UK at a wedding. So it's really crazy to think that he went for the groom, I went for the bride, and we met at a wedding, and that in about a week's time is six years ago. I can't believe it. It goes so fast, but that's how we met, and yeah, we're coming up to six years together. So it's really cool to think that you can have an international marriage and it can work. I said to him actually last night, because we're talking about family and his family's here, my family's in Australia, we're about to pack up and go to Australia for a little while. And as we're driving home from his family, who his nan was saying, oh, are you leaving already? (laughs) I said, oh, we have been here for two years. All saying, oh, wow, you know, international marriages are interesting. They're different. Like they are challenging because you don't just marry into like the neighborhood and your family's all around and it's all happy days. It's there's a lot of distance. There's a lot of, you know, different things you've got to navigate together. So I guess there's the international aspect and then there's also the career aspect 
my husband is a construction GC and he's, you know, he's the great builder that does all the things. And I am an entrepreneur. I always have been. I come from a background in teaching, coaching, mentoring, helping other women and men do business online so that they can travel the world. And that sort of started from when I was at, you know, early stages. I had dance schools for a decade and I eventually, after 10 years, sold them up, left my day job, which is a full-time school teacher and went into the online business space and then moved to New York. So I think that ability to work online is really powerful. And that's probably the only reason I've been able to have an international marriage. Because when I first met my husband, he said, oh, so I guess I'm going to have to come and move to Australia. And I was like, well... (laughs) I work online, so I can come here. Oh my so God, I love that. I love that. I know, so, but if I was cool, I wouldn't have been able to, you know? Right. Um, so I want to touch on that. So you said from a young age, you kind of have always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And when you've been, you know, in the process of dating in your life, has that affected your relationships? Because I know sometimes for the women, especially the more modern woman who is you know, focused on their career, did you find that that affected your relationships negatively? Or did you tend to attract men that were, you know, impressed or, you know, charged by that? Because I know sometimes, you know, men want women who are just at home, but that aren't so career focused. Yes. Um, I think Josh is the husband because he was the first one that didn't want to keep me small. <laughs> ah. And he let me fly. And so prior to that, it was always like, oh, we really like her. And then it's like, oh, wow. Like she's got big goals, big dreams, wants to travel here, do this. And it was just all too much for all of them. So really (laughs) he was the real man in the whole story that really could hold space for me. I am very entrepreneurial, very driven. I have big goals and aspirations. The thought of just being, you know, in one role or one job or one, you know, maybe just having more of a focus as, you know, stay at home wife or something like that just sort of isn't in my repertoire. But he has allowed me to be me, I think. And that's probably why it's worked so well, because he knows his role. He loves the crazy ideas that he comes home to. (laughs) And he's like my rock while I'm having these wild dreams and thoughts and visions and let's travel here and move to London and let's live in New York. Actually, let's go to Australia, all this stuff. You know, one day I could be doing a multi-million dollar funding deal and I could be signing someone up into something and then coaching them through something. And like, it's always so different. But yeah, I think that's the secret is if you want a powerful woman that really is entrepreneurial like yourself, they need to be able to hold space for you to be you. I think that's really key. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I want to touch on those past relationships for just a little bit before we dive again into your successful marriage. When you were (laughs) dating those men that kind of tried to keep you small. Can you talk a little bit about those challenges that you experienced? Did you ever lose yourself in any of those relationships trying to stay small or did you always kind of fight back? And then that was sort of the conflict that created maybe the end of those relationships. Like what was that experience Mm -hmm. like for you? No, I've always like, I had business from 18. So I never became entrepreneurial in a relationship. I was always Mm. like that. So there wasn't any like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do it. It's like, that's what I did anyway. So right. no, I didn't, don't think I ever lost myself. I think I might've tried to talk myself into having a different vision for myself to try and exactly. suit what other people wanted, but it never excited me enough 
to stay with that relationship, even though they're all great people. And I see, you know, I've seen them online and I've seen like them with their families these days and it's great. Like, Was it for me? No, but they're all great people. It's just someone said to me once, not everyone wants to just travel the world and, you know, be a nomad. I'm like, oh, really? Like I just couldn't <laughs> work that Oh, so being a bit of a digital nomad and like, you know, we, my husband and I were married in Hawaii. We then went to live in Florence in Italy for four months of our first, our first four months of marriage were there. Then we went to Australia. We came back to California. Then we moved to London. Um, We did the entire lockdown in Chamonix and Courchevel in France for like nearly a year. Wow. Online, and then we came back to base myself in LA, oh, California. So it's kind of crazy how, yeah, we have traveled around a lot. The last year and a little bit, and almost two years, we've been in one location, which to me feels so foreign. But I've got a lot of business done being at my Zoom desk. <laughs> but I'm ready to fly now and travel again. So yeah. That's amazing. I, I have a question. You brought up COVID during that time. I know a lot of relationships, marriages went through some challenges during that time as people were home with their partners and kind of re-meeting them again in ways that they hadn't because they weren't spending as much time with them. Did you guys have anything that came up for you? Any new discoveries during that time of uh, especially being away during COVID? Did anything come up for you with your relationship? Well, do you know what I always think? I used to think I can't believe people get married. Then they go and work all day long away from each other and then just spend a little bit of time together. Like I was like, what's the point? Like that doesn't, I can't even work that out. And so because Josh and I traveled so much and I work online, he didn't work online. So he'd either be maybe doing a renovation on the property or he'd be doing some work for someone on a property. Or when we're in London, he was more just, you know, supporting me while I worked online. But I think the thing that we struggle with is whenever it's like that and we're very nomadic, Josh doesn't get to do his love, which is like carpentry. And he's very good at it, mm. very creative. So like his creative outlet is not available. Whereas in COVID, I had like the biggest months of business I've ever had. So it's more, and it was great for me. I didn't mind at all, but for him, he wasn't able to actually do his practice. So some days I was like, oh, you must be so bored, you poor thing. Like let's go adventuring. (laughs) So yeah, it's, that's tough. And even now, like we're about to go to Australia, which means Josh has to walk away from his construction business for a few months here, which that's challenging. So the challenge is always if Josh had his way, he would stay in this lovely little sleepy coastal town and live here forever <laughs> and be a fantastic construction worker. But he married an Australian. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to travel. So that's the only thing that I feel like oh, is that he has to come away from his career when we travel and when we go visit family and go to other countries. But it is what it is. So he's moving into more of a project management job now that he would run jobs and be able to set them up and have team and, you know, boys out there working while he's finding the jobs and managing them. So I think that might actually be really cool because it's going to give us a chance to be a bit more online both together. But at the same time, you know, we make it work, but I guess it is a sacrifice for sure. And I've sacrificed, I feel like, two years sitting here in this town because we haven't travelled, you know. So Yeah, yeah. and and speaking of challenges and sacrifices in in, in a marriage especially, How do you guys handle conflict resolution? I feel in my 
humble opinion, someone who's not married yet, but obviously been in relationships, I think conflict resolution is such an important foundation of any relationship, how you handle that, how you get through that, and sort of learning how a person, especially when it's new, can manages conflict because not everybody's emotionally involved. So when you're in your marriage and something comes up, how do you guys handle it? Like the struggles and, and are you guys effectively communicating? And if so, how do you do that? We love to chat. We chat a lot. I'm an open book. So is he. But he's, I guess when I say so is he, he's more res- a bit more reserved. Whereas I'm like, if we have an argument, I'm going to fight and he's going <laughs> to run flight. Right. So that's, <laughs> although we're very strong minded and he says, you're so stubborn and strong minded. I say, because you are so stubborn and strong minded. So I we can clash on that because we're like, we're not moving. Like we're not changing our bit. And then we have to like, so I like to fight to win. Whereas he says, you need to come to me with love to win, fight with you. You're not going to get it more. He's like, no, I don't work like that. I don't know if that's an Australian thing. So he says, that's an Australian thing. Everyone's like fighting for their life. And I'm like, really? So maybe it's a cultural thing. <laughs> we're a li- like, we're I feel Americans are, are more polite um, and they're more, yeah, a little bit more courteous. We're a little bit ah, rough interesting. I mean, to be honest so, with so- you, you know, some of it sounds just familiar in terms of, you know, heterogender roles, basically. You know, women can tend to be a little bit more, hey, let's talk about this now and be more confrontational where men can sometimes resort to just retreating and not really wanting to engage. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we always want to talk about stuff. And I'm the same as you. I'm an open book. I'm like, hey, let's deal with this head on. You know what I'm saying? So I totally get that. You you mentioned, you know, maybe because it's a cultural thing. Is there anything in your like childhood that like kind of shows up in your relationships? I know for me, like I struggled with some trauma with my father. So there were some things that like I had to like work on and really see like, ooh, this is mine. This is not my partner's. And, you know, because like our mm-hmm. inner child are still there. And so like, have, did you have any experiences within your relationships or just all of them where you're like, hmm, Cassandra, this is interesting. Mm, I think my one of my biggest things is like an abandonment, a fear of abandonment. Hey, girl. Um, <laughs> which is probably why I dated so many people that weren't great because I didn't want to be alone, right? Welcome. <laughs> yes, Sandra. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh, yeah. So when I want to chat about something or like if there's an argument or something, which we're like, we're passionate. You have to be like people that don't argue. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> like, Josh is like, no, there's a lot of passion here. We're going to like work it out and argue it out. But when he does the flight thing, he's like, I'm just going for a walk. I'm like, oh, you're abandoning me. And then I'm like, that's just him trying to like process it. Whereas, you know, I'm like, oh, you're leaving me. You left me. <laughs> oh my but gosh. That, I totally relate to that. The worthiness wound is just popping up. That's all it is. And so being like, oh, it's all okay. I mean, we talk about that a lot here on the podcast and I, I definitely highlight, I love that you just said the worthiness wound. I mean, that is so important. And I think when you aren't emotionally evolved and you're walking around the world and you're unaware of how you're showing up to people, because I used to say, Cassandra, I would go on dates with my seven-year-old self. I didn't go in my adult self. My seven-year-old was going on dates and she's like, hi, can you see me? I'm sorry, what's your name? It doesn't matter. I actually don't care. Like, here's all my baggage. And can you please manage all of it? 
because I love you. Mm. Wait, I'm sorry. What's your last? You know, it's like, and so not understanding like Drea, we have some personal self work to do before we put ourselves out there. And look, it's never perfect. It's never perfect. And even in relationships now, my seven year old still creeps in there, of course, you know, because that's just the journey I'm on. But I have the knowledge to recognize now, oh, okay, we're, we're doing that thing. And I love that you said the worthiness wound. Is that is that yours, Cassandra? Because I, I, I'm going to like, that, that's an amazing one. I'm going to have to use that. The worthiness It's in wound. my book. I talk about the worthiness wound in my book. And um, yes, show us the I book. I believe if I can, you can. Yes. So 31 steps in yourself. And one of them is the worthiness wound. And I say like, People are waiting for the wound to be away or gone or healed to move towards their dreams. But really, anyone that's really successful, it means that they've been able to operate and move towards their goals and dreams and love and all of that in spite of the wound. So instead of pushing mm. the wound away like a little kid in the room that would just get louder and louder and louder, it's like, how do I bring my little self in? And I teach to put a photo of your little five-year-old, seven-year-old self on your phone. And when you feel they're like, oh, they might not like me or they're going to abandon me. Like look at that photo and go, this isn't about this situation. This is just the little baby Cass and we're just going to hold little baby Cass in and it's all going to be okay. We're an adult now. We're not scared. It's not going to be dangerous. We're safe. And then it like literally dispels and then you can move towards what you really want and then act in spite of the worthiness wound, not because of it. So, oh my God, I love that. That might be a good relationship thing because I think we, we make all these decisions because of our worthiness wounds as opposed to what we really want. And then when you're married, all the parts of yourself that no one else sees get seen by people. So you're like, by someone. So you're like, oh, I've got a lot to work on. It's all right there in your face and it's so confronting, right? I feel like a lot yeah. of uh, a few things, it sounds like in your book, you can translate to into your relationships right of especially the yeah. worthiness wound thing and, and leading with that so true and I feel like when you're dating you really are meeting at the worthiness wound level like it's that person mm. wounds are out the wounds are out and you're sort of dancing with the wound in the middle when you're married you've got each other's wounds to deal with as well so when you're married you get the other person's so I'm always like be really careful of the wound you want to take on because it becomes a part of what you deal with all the time. I love that. I'm putting a marker in the show for that, honey. Be careful of the wound that you are taking on. Because yes, once you're married, we're here. And when we're dating, we're here. And you can just easily be here. And, and it could just separate so yeah. fast. But you are taking on your person's credit. And also <laughs> their wound as well. You know what I mean? And that can be really heavy. And I think, like you said, when you're leading with that wound, you can end up in some pretty unfortunate situations, which I definitely did for a very long time when I was not aware. Of yeah, things. and exactly. And then when you're like choosing a partner and you're dating, say, for example, your worthiness wounds abandonment, like mine was, you'd say yes to people that you weren't even really into because you're scared of being alone. So then you've made a, like a life decision then if you go to marry them based off trying to heal a wound, not what you really want. Mm. And so that's got to really be aware of that, I feel. Talk to me about when you did decide, okay, you said yes to your marriage. What was that feeling like for you, thinking about your past relationships? Like, did that land on you in a way where you felt like, oh my God, I this is obviously this is the right thing to do. But in your spirit, in terms of where you were in your growth, 
how did that feel for you when you said yes to getting married and taking this major step in life? Um, so I went into really big personal development when I was 27. So I sort of came across business and all of that and I was doing it. And I think just by nature, from what my parents had taught me and my dad would say and my mum would say to me and like there's affirmations and positivity and belief and all of that. And then at 27, I went into like a really big like reading and listening all the time. And it was a part of my business then. I was teaching personal development. I was teaching mindset, you know, affirmations, writing systems to help people stay on track and all the things like that. And so I got married at 32. I'm really glad I didn't get married at 27 because the growth was big then. And I think that's what made me think oh, when I got married, I remember I texted my dad from Italy and I said, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever done. I should have done it earlier. I love it. But prior to that, I was a bit like anti-marriage. I was like, oh no, when you really? get married, life ends and you just have to do what they want and they try and put you push you down to be small and it's all over but I think because Josh is like very much like you can fly I was like oh I can be married and strive in my career wow this is the best like now someone brings me coffee in bed and I can be successful I can be married and fly those two things can coexist together for me I was like this is fun I love it I love that I love that so I want to talk to you about what advice would you give to people that are thinking about taking this leap and navigating, you know, a career and a marriage? Like, what would you say to them? Like, hey, Cassandra, I'm going to get married, but I have my career going on. Like, how are you balancing those two things? I think in business, you'll find that even though you love it and you're all in, it will never fulfill you like marriage and love will. Like, Mm. really, it's, and if you're that obsessed, you're probably trying to fill a hole. And then that's a whole nother personal development story. And why do you want career instead of love? Because we are made in the form of love. We are love. That's what we're here for. So we're either finding it from somewhere else or we're creating it or we're finding it with a person or a career. So, like, is it just, is the love of that filling a hole that really should be made from a partnership maybe? So there could be a deeper level of love. Mm-hmm. Plus with um, a career love, you know, it's it's one-dimensional. You don't have to, like, deal with it all the time. It's a very easy way to be like, oh, that's what I'm committed to right now. And then it's like, you know, I don't have to do all the things that look in the mirror about this other side. So I feel like I had to really grow to get to the point of marriage because I felt like, you know, my career was everything. But then I think as you get older, you realize family is everything. And I used to hear people say that and I'd be like, oh, so boring, such a cop out. Now I'm like, oh, it's kind of true. (laughs) It's very true, Cassandra. It's very true. And I think when you're finding someone, write down what you want and stick to the goals, stick to the lists. And if someone you meet doesn't tick them, don't say yes, because all the things you don't like on that list will come up later. And maybe, you know, you don't need to get everything from the partner. Like I have a long list of things and, you know, most of it comes from a partnership, but then there's other things that come from a career. There's other things that come from girlfriends There's other things that come from family. Like I think we don't have to find everything in just one person or one job or one career, you know, it can, we can have different roles with different parts of our life because we're multifaceted. So being aware that there's probably elements you're not letting yourself enjoy if you're overly obsessed with career, even though, what do they say? Obsession is the word the lazy used to explain the committed. I'm all in when it comes to obsession, but I don't want to be 60 with a big career and no family either, you know? 
Yes, Cassandra, I, I hear you on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I think it is easy to get lost in, and, and you know, we talk about on the podcast, getting lost in relationships, because sometimes when you're trying to fill a void, it doesn't matter what it is. You're just putting, you know, anything in there. You know what I'm saying? It's a relationship. It's gambling. It's shopping. It's it's work, you know, any anything. So, yeah, I think it's important to make sure that what you're doing is at the end of the day coming from a place of love and remembering that we are love. And that is literally the most important thing. Right. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the things that you guys do uh, in terms of your everyday maintenance on your marriage. Like, is there are you guys in therapy? Do you guys have a lot of time together? Do you maintain that part time apart? Because some some couples are different. Like I interviewed a couple once and they they're together all the time every day. And uh, some of the couples like, you know, value that time alone. And then we come together. How do you guys navigate your relationship? Yeah, I will like in the day. Normally I work on my career. Josh will work on his stuff. He might come home at lunch. I love telling him what's happened and like I guess we're in high touch like you know we'll chat and ring throughout the day and text like but then at night normally nighttime is like time together so like we'll go to a restaurant date night like you know it's there's always like that coming back together but he's like the first person I want to tell like what happened for the day how exciting it was and you know all that sort of thing and yeah I feel like we do like doing our own things that we're I'm quite independent. He's too. Like he's got his things and he's been at the gym this morning. Whereas, you know, I was here on a call and then, but I'll like, he came to tap dance class with me the other week. I was really? like, let's go. Yeah. I was like, cause I tapped dance and then it was like, bring a friend. So he came to tap dance and then after he did hip hop. And so we do I do fun it. things together. It was very fun. And then we've done, he's done hot yoga with me. And we do have a thing where, like, if we do things that are different together, you know, they say you bond differently when you're both in something new together. So we're up for doing stuff. I think that's what I said to him a little while ago. I said, you know what I love about you? Like, you're always up for it. If I'm like, you know what? Let's go for, like, dinner tonight. He's like, done. Let's go. Or let's go to dance class. Sure. Or if he has an idea, I'm always up for it. So I think we have a, I never have to think, like, I'll text him and be like, dinner party tonight at this address. These people have invited us. Let's go. And he's like, excited. Like, so I think we do lots of fun stuff. I think it sounds like to me, you guys understand the importance of continuing to date, right? Because you know, like when you first start dating someone, you say yes to everything. And then as you said, you know, once you get to know each other and you get to really know each other, you start to get into that comfortable place. But it sounds like where it's like, babe, do you want to go to hot yoga? And he's like, I'm not going to hot yoga. But if you're, you know, like a month, two months in, everyone's like, sure, I'll go to hot yoga, I guess, because I like this girl. But it sounds like you guys have found that space to keep the spark because I think it's so important to keep dating and still get excited with your partner and not take them for granted because that is a very easy space to go into, right? So true. Yeah. I think we've done that really well. Like it does feel like we're dating still after six years. I'm like, I can't believe saying six years. It feels like six months, you know? So that's, I'm glad about that. But I think our transient lifestyle, we're never just settled in a house for too long. I feel like that sort of plays into the spontaneity of it as well. So yeah, it's probably a lot has helped that absolutely and the next thing I want to touch on before we let you go is I want to talk to you about your own personal self-care like what do you do to maintain your own mental health your own boundaries for Cassandra like outside of your marriage let's per se and like what things do you do to kind of keep yourself sane yeah I um that's a good question so I made a commitment to myself a couple of years ago I was like I'll never sacrifice my health 
for wealth ever. So like, I'm never going to like, say, for example, after this at five, I go to hot yoga. But if you were like me, like, can we do it five? I wouldn't say yes. I'd be like, well, let's do tomorrow. Like I wouldn't sacrifice. Whereas before in career, I've run myself thin because I've said I put it first, but I really had to realize that health is the ultimate wealth that needs to come first. And so I do hot Pilates. I all have a bath every single night like bath, face mask, salts, oils, candles every single night of my life. Are you serious, Cassandra? Um, I couldn't imagine life not doing that. Like, Oh, my God. I, I love that for you. I don't book hotels without baths. It has to be all perfect. Like the whole experience has to happen every night. I Josh massages my feet every night. Stop it. Josh massages my feet every night. Okay, Cassandra, yeah, you should have just said that at the beginning well. of this podcast. That's the whole reason you're married. We could have done this in five minutes, girl. I've actually thought this is, I thought this is why I'm married. Honestly, I could have just said, what's the secret to your marriage, Cassandra? And you could have said, he massages my feet every night. I'm like, well, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you next time. <laughs> that is actually, oh, I love it. And um, we always go, there's like a hot tub spring thing here. Like we book that often. Like I'm always, I like hot water. So Me I too. like going there. We do. I love massages. Love going for a walk on the lake. Things like that. Like I won't, Um, I used to push myself to like oblivion. Like to the point I was like, oh, like I've been eating. I'm shaking. Like gone are those days. I wouldn't know anything I don't about that, that. Never. Never in my life. But I used to. So I was like, oh. But then my dad was like, health is wealth. I remember my dad being like, health is wealth. And I'd be like, whoa, that's what old people say. I know. Now I'm like, whoa. It's amazing well, how they're always right. These It's so interesting, you know, when you are getting like older in age, not like you're old, but you know, you're, you're getting older and, and all of the things that they were, you know, used to say when you're like in your twenties, you're like, oh my God, whatever. And, and even you, I want to say like inspiring me right now, hearing health is wealth. I think it's so, it's so true. And I'm like, you know what? She's correct. Because I got a lot on my plate right now. And there are days where I'm not eating and I'm not focusing and I'm not thinking about the fact that I need to take care of my body. And I talk a lot about on this podcast of like, you got to start with yourself, start with yourself first and Mm -hmm. make sure your cup is full before you try to pour into others. And that does involve things like giving yourself a bath getting a massage, mm-hmm. focusing on the fact that like, yeah. hey, 5 p.m. doesn't work for me and keeping those boundaries, right? Yeah, so true. And I think the more you do that, the better you become and the more successful you become. And I think there's something like really cool about being like, wow, she's a really badass business owner, but she's got her health spot on. I think that's really attractive. So I like, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those withered out CEOs. I'm going to be like, I'm going to crush it, but I'm going to look after myself so I can serve, you know? Yeah. And thank you, Cassandra, so much for, you know, just coming on and like being vulnerable and sharing about your relationship. I really, really appreciate it. I want to talk a little bit about your work. What's coming up next for Cassandra? Um, Yes, I'm going to launch the show, Chats with Cass, Monetize Your Genius. Yes officially we're going to turn it into a tv show lots of coaching monetize your genius helping people turn their genius into a digital product so what i'm going into really strongly this year which i've done a little bit the last couple of years but i really want to commit to helping people unlock their genius turn that genius which is their most prized ip into multiple streams of additional income and teach them how to have their course have their book have their podcast monetizing itself Mm. have you know 
a coaching program, having different courses flying out, digitally running and selling while they're doing their other things that they love and having that automation. So building that out for people, like actually building out the whole thing, helping people turn their genies into an actual fully functioning business is what I'm going to be focusing on. And that will be on monetizeugenius.com and then my website's cassandrahouse.com for coaching and consulting and helping people. So, no, yeah, just stuff like Cassandra. That. I love this. You honestly are such a beautiful example of a woman who can have a career and also have a successful marriage. Because a lot of times, I mean, I don't know if you are privy to this, but in a lot of social media, there's a lot of conversations right now about women and men and women are supposed to do this and men are supposed to do that. And so it's just so nice to see, you know, a woman that is doing both. It is possible. And that is why I was so excited to have you on. Because it is working over there and it's also working over there as Josh is massaging your feet. And it's amazing. That's really the secret. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. And please let us know where we can find you on social. Yes. Okay. So I'm at Cassandra House underscore and I am Cassandra House. And then there's Monetize Your Genius, M-Y-G dot Monetize Your Genius. And yeah, on any of those websites, Tag me, share me, with me what your genius is, yes. all the things, and I can help you monetize it. So thank you so much, Cassandra. And we will definitely have you back on the show. You've been amazing. All right, guys. Thank you yes, so much yes. for lending me your ear. I am Drea Renee, and this is Open Late. You guys, make sure you hit that like, that follow, and subscribe. And don't forget, this is the place for the Hot Mess Expresses, the Black Sheets of Love. You are welcome here, and I will see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.